Well, I'm always excited. It's always a good text to hear in the morning. I got a good topic coming your way. Yeah, because normally I have to, sometimes you search for topics and you're like, oh man. But today, well, it came to me yesterday. Well, before Based we... on a radio segment, Ooh. which is Ooh. cool. Because you know radio is pretty legit. They're on yeah. top of things. So Well, my yeah. topic comes from what I've been like binge watching a lot of recently. But, yeah? Yeah. Netflix? You Well, this type of YouTube videos, I did just binge watch a very good show on Netflix, uh, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Really okay, su- I've, se- I've seen the uh, advertisements for that. Really suggest it. It's very dark, but very like insightful about stuff that was going on in the 70s wow. and the 80s. About serial murderer, murderers. Wow. Yeah. I love me some crime. I've been looking for some crime podcasts lately. So there's a lot out there. You there gotta are. look at um I'll I'll tell you them afterwards. I know them. I have to look them up again. But welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back. Caught you off guard, started recording before you even I never realized. know. Thomas hits it and we're going at it and it flows natural. Yes. Okay. And here we are. I need to get the notes out of my pocket. But as I was saying Today's topic comes from something that I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of food, like the process of making food, like cooking shows on Bon Appetit, Tasty, all those guys, Binging with Babish. Oh, yeah. You know, they all do it like as natural as can be with no artificial flavoring. Because in the world, you know, if something says all natural flavors Reese's Bar or or no artificial like no artificial flavoring or colors yeah. or whatever or derivatives but the other one does have artificial flavoring i'm gonna go with the natural one like as fresh as can be why not yeah oh yeah but i was doing research like what does it matter what's the what's the point of going for these all natural objects these all natural things well you're the expert because you work at a uh, organic grocery store right that is correct and just yeah okay so when it comes to artificial flavoring you know artificial everybody thinks if it comes from a lab it's bad same thing with gmos artificial flavorings color dyes but when it comes to flavoring i think we should take a step back and realize what that really is flavoring when it comes down to it is just a chemical in a object that creates a certain taste so the example that I want to go with right at the start was vanilla. The flavor of vanilla is the most popular thing. Chocolate is based, is a vanilla base with chocolate added to it. Really? Yeah. You, what, you never made your own ice cream before? No, <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot better. Good, good. So what's been going on is... Vanilla is awesome. It's great, delicious, tasty. It makes up so much of our flavor base, so much of food. But vanilla is hard. Vanilla is hard to get naturally. It comes from a tropical orchid that has to be hand-picked. And that, that already the sound of not the plant coming from a bush or a tree, but coming from a flower mm-hmm. already makes it a super big pain. So what people have done is the main thing that makes vanilla vanilla is a chemical called vanillin vanillin okay i've heard of that you know that i've heard of it yeah so vanillin is just in a sense uh the chemical it's a compound 
So like, let's go science, chemistry, science class. You have oxygen, carbon, all that. It's a, it's a compound to create vanillin, which tastes like vanilla. Ah. Mm-hmm. So that's easy. We can synthesize compounds in a lab any day. Any day. And easy. They will look. Those chemical makeups will look identical to the vanillin. Artificially. Artificially. So what's the setback though? There is none. It's just not. It's literally the same chemical makeup. The chemical just makeup's not exact. Naturally sourced. Yes, it's not naturally sourced, and besides, does that make more things more sustainable? It does because otherwise, as you can imagine, naturally naturally uh, flavored things are more expensive, and harder harder to maintain. Absolutely, yeah. Now I feel like there's a catch somewhere somewhere down the line when they are producing artificially created chemical makeups. I feel like there's got to be some processes that are not excellent and definitely not good for the body, right? Is that why people are so against artificial flavoring? Well, when it comes down to it, there's this idea, like this ideology of naturalism, that things from the nature is, nature is inherently better than things from a factory. That's what you're supposed to put in your body. That's Correct. like the mindset. Okay, yeah. But when it comes down to these flavors, it's all about just, it's not like they're making their own chemical to synthesize the flavor. Now this, for more harder flavors like strawberry, blueberry, more of the fruit, that's, it's more complex. It's more than a one note thing. Mm -hmm. That's when you start to get your artificial flavors, like artificial banana doesn't taste like real banana. But otherwise, it's not a... The chemical is the same thing in nature as it is in the lab. So it's not like vanilla in nature is different from the vanilla in the lab. The only difference is its origin. From a chemical standpoint, it's exactly the same. If you think of nature as a lab to create the natural flavors in comparison to an actual laboratory, that it's the same thing but just a different setting, I exactly. guess. Exactly. That's really interesting to think about. And it is interesting. The, price, the prices are different when you're buying naturally- um, not just the demand is high because people want it, but also like sourcing it is, is more expensive because there's quant- you know, quantities they have to deal with. Whereas in a, in a laboratory, they can make as much vanilla as they want. Right. Correct. And with so much vanilla being used in the world, that's why it's the, almost the best example to explain what's going on. I'm just thinking of vanilla Oreos. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of anything else flavored vanilla other than ice cream, ice cream, vanilla Oreos. Well, think of any cookies. cookies yeah, cookies. Throw in, uh, batters for... Uh, oh, cake batters. That's a good example. Yeah, yeah. I, they're all artificially flavored. Right. There's nothing really natural vanilla. Now, I have made my own vanilla extract before. Yeah, we have um, vanilla extract here, which is which has... Well, we got it a while ago, but it lasts, and like as it sits, it Absolutely. absorbs more. I actually got the, the stalk of, of the plant, the vanilla... I don't know what the plant is. What is it? A vanilla plant? A flower? Yeah, it's like... I can't tell you the name of it. It's a scientific name. I'll look it up in a minute. But yeah, it's like a stalk. It kind of looks like a cinnamon stick. You open it up and then there's seeds inside, little black seeds, and you scrape them off. Then you mash them up and then you put that in um, like a little alcohol or uh, like a liqueur type thing. I forget what exactly it is, but that's how you make vanilla extract. And that's literally from the plant. You get it in these little little stalks, you know? Very exotic. It's Mm -hmm. tropical. Yeah. It's very cool. So there are like, there are more practical reasons. Now, artificial and natural flavors, they are not 
one is not better than the other in the FDA's eyes. They are both judged equally and at the same time. So, so far, only two, two flavors have been banned due to um, complications in the creation or the effects of the body. But one's a natural flavor and the other is an artificial flavor. Wow. So they're still both treated the same. Another um, flavor that is the buttery taste in microwave popcorn yeah. is a synthesized flavor. Now, um, absorbing large quantities of it, uh, ironically enough, creates popcorn lung, the disease. Popcorn lung. That's a thing? Yeah. What, what is that? <laughs> it's, um, it's when water, when water forms in pockets in the lungs, if I believe correctly. It can't be good for you, that's for sure. No, it's not good for you, but it's only wow. inhaling in a factory setting, so it's fine to eat. Wow. Now, there's also a lot of reasons that you might want to introduce artificial flavors back into a natural product. The example I saw while doing research was orange juice. Orange juice is created based on like seasonal times. You can't have orange juice year-round most of the time. So since it's made seasonal, it's kept in these large large holding tanks and in the large holding tanks to keep it sustained what they do is they take all the oxygen out of it they pasteurize it to keep it under pressure now that makes it lose its flavor but it makes it last longer so what they do is they add flavor back in to the orange juice to bring it back to its fresh state wow it's like reverse flavoring because you, you take it all, you put it back exactly so, honestly, when it comes to artificial flavoring, I feel like as long as it's, there's a difference between artificial flavors and natural flavoring when we're talking about this and then stuff from concentrate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the orange juice I was talking about, that can be 100% like regular orange juice, but then the flavors added back in. And that's because we've moved away from concentrates in modern day because it's so it's much more easier to get are full products from the farm straight processed instead of and it's not just a trend it's just what's convenient i guess it's what people people want people want there's a large health push to get more organic more sustainable products and it's becoming the standard every every generic supermarket brand has organic lines of products and i don't blame them i believe that's sometimes the way to go yeah organic is good um i mean that synthetic developing of of flavors even though it's not all that bad people stray away from it yeah and and like as as you're explaining to me now i didn't know that there was a huge or not that huge of a difference other than the origin so i doubt other people are familiar with that yeah they don't know they're just like oh artificial flavoring no way you know that's the point of this podcast i just wanted to share that maybe you should we should take a step back when it comes to artificial and naturally flavors because in the end, the FDA only, the only difference is it's very black and white. It's your natural comes from animal and plant or artificial made somewhere laboratory. Yes. That's the only description, you know, and to break up the two. And the artificial flavoring is normally found on cheaper products that they mass produce, such as, I don't know, Oreos, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's easier to produce a bunch of vanilla than it is to go pick flowers yeah. in the tropics. And of course, those foods are not the healthiest for you. So that's why that's that could be a reason why people stray away from it. They associate it with unhealthy processed food, foods. Processed yeah. foods, exactly. Well, processed exactly. foods have 
more increased sugar, less fiber, less protein. It's just well, junk. It's junk. Junk junk in your trunk, you know? And junk is on a budget, <laughs> so junk is using artificial uh, flavorings. As much as they can. Even though it's not all that bad, they're still using it. They're cutting, they're cutting that corner for the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that shouldn't stop you from your lovely breakfast. But of Matt, Oreos. <laughs> rumor has it you have a delicious topic for me today. Well, maybe not delicious, but very thought-provoking. Well, delicious. I like how you say delicious because it's not quite delicious. It's going to turn your appetite down. We just got your appetite bumped up. We're, we're talking about vanilla, which, by the way, comes from a vanilla orchid. It's a flower, an orchid, and it's the stem, and it's native to Mexico. Orchids are very uh, pissy plants, too. Yes, they are. But you could get your own very your very own vanilla orchid houseplant. I don't know. I'd consider that. That would be pretty cool. That would be a good experience. Anyway, now that we got your taste buds tangling, your teeth are very shiny, wet, ready to eat, I'm going to shut it down because uh, this morning we're going to talk about um, some BO, actually. Body odor. Oh. Do I smell this morning? I came straight from work. No, that is ironic because you did show up as sweaty as can be. Yes, I was working this morning, and I feel like I might smell a little bit. Yeah, there's some there's some stench there. Um, BO, it's a hot topic. Heard a uh, segment on the radio. This was recommended by a coworker of mine. Um, the new, it's not necessarily a trend, but it's a new thing that people are getting into is actually scent measuring. Now we've talked about scent. Um, Odor prints was an episode, episode nine on the hidden episodes way way back. Right. But we're coming back at it at a different angle. Um, specifically today, we're going to talk about machine olfaction well you're gonna have to explain that to us so at first i want to introduce a uh, product just an example of machine olfaction which i'm going to explain what that is in a minute uh japan's tanita which is a company they created an electronic nose have you heard of like electronic yeah. noses and sniffer devices they're used to detect anything from bombs hazardous chemicals um drugs you know anything so they have a product the es100 which is the first kind of really compact it's like the size of a cell phone compact sensor device that can detect smells but in this case it's used just the sensors read on a scale of one to ten based on standard odors that smell bad that are unpleasant so if you put it up to parts of your body like your armpits your neck your back you know, wherever in your pants or whatever, I don't know, wherever you want to stick it where you think sells, it'll give you a rating from one to 10 based on some standard set principles of, of chemical compounds that are known distinct to the human body that are unpleasant. Well, the first thing I thought of when it was like, well, we have a scale, you immediately think it's like, well, someone had to make that scale. Someone had to go through the process and find, all right, what's the 10 on the smelly scale? Yeah, exactly. And it's all, it's all relative to based on your perception of, of smell, you know? I mean, look at um, if you're driving out to Lancaster, that area, farmland, manure. Manure. Everybody thinks it stinks, right? Yeah. No, I, do you know I, anyone who likes that smell? I I was about to say, I don't mind the smell of like in in mulch, like fresh, like not. Just an, like that earthy smell or yeah, organic? That, or? that earthy organic. Are you saying you like the smell of manure or you don't mind it? I don't like, mind it. You don't mind it? Okay. Yeah. Like there's things like. Like gasoline, a lot of people hate the smell of gasoline. I love gasoline. I could sniff it all day long. You know, it's not that bad. That would be terrible. But you know, it's it is all relative based on your perception. But there are some some strict compounds. I remember talking about this all the way back in high school chemistry about certain smells, odors that stink, like sulfur. 
you know, like eggs and everything. That's like an unpleasant smell, you know? People yeah. people don't want to smell that. And normally it's like stronger smells. So maybe it's not measuring the specific nasty smells. It's just measuring amount of smell, you know? Like I'm curious to see what it would read. I want to get my hands on one of these. It's curi- I'm curious to see what it would read for like you put on cologne and hold it up to the, where you put the cologne on. Like, or Axe. I hate the smell of like a cheap Axe spray or whatever. Down in South America, they love that, by the way. Axe? Yeah. Um, I smell it everywhere. Maybe it's uh, the trends moving south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I wonder what it would read on a scale of 1 to 10. It's interesting. So this is like a 30 to $40 device, somewhere around there. I'd like to get my hands on one, but I don't know if I want to just throw $40 for a cent. For thing. a smell I, detector? I, I think know. I can have people <laughs> tell me if I smell. I think I have friends that are close enough, you know? So what does that mean on a scale of one to 10? How does it stink? So I wanted to see if there are other products doing something similar to this. Um, So I didn't know what to search. So I just Googled odor detector, you know, and immediately a bunch of products came up for hazardous chemical leak. It's similar to a smoke smoke detector, you know, same idea, detecting carbon monoxide, uh, um, bad gases. So there are specific sensors that detect chemical smells and other hazardous gases for uh, work scenarios specifically Um, or government, like military, like uh, police work, you know, drugs, anything. Well, when it comes down to in the end, similar to uh, the previous topic, um, it's all chemical compounds. Exactly. So in a sense, it's not physically smelling it. It's looking for the chemical in the air that creates that smell. Yeah, it's taking a sample and reading it, you know. So now we're talking olfaction. So your olfactory system is, is olfaction is the process of actually smelling something. Um, it's the chemoreception is what it's called. Chemical reception uh, that forms the sense of smell. Olfaction has many purposes, such as the detection of hazards, pheromones, and foods. Pheromones are kind of like, that's what bees can sense on humans, like fear. Right. Did you know that bees can, um, bees can sense fear? Well, that's terrifying. Yeah. If you like freak out with bees, they can smell it. They literally smell your hormone release, your pheromone release, and they'll they'll go sting you, you know? Um, so humans have olfaction, and that is because we have um, chemoreceptors. And a chemoreceptor, also known as a chemosensor, is a specialized sensory receptor cell which transduces um, to a chemical substance. It like reacts to chemical substances. Um, it can be endogenous or induced and generates a biological signal. So an example of this may be um, taste receptors or taste buds. That's an example of a chemosensor or a chemoreceptor. Now, when you put this in an artificial form, that's that's what these machines are using. And then there's three main forms of um, this detection. So machine olfaction is the automated simulation of the sense of smell. So It's completely yeah. like a robot, like... Organic flavoring, artificial flavoring. Right. Organic sniffing, artificial sniffing. The robot's just doing math. <laughs> so it's an emerging application. This is a very new thing. It's still in the stages of development, which is why I heard it on the radio. Um, modern engineering where robots or other automated systems are needed to measure the existence of a particular chemical concentration in the air. So they're called electronic noses. Machine olfaction is uh, complicated by the fact that many of the devices um, – modern devices don't have many elements to sniff like they don't have programmed things to look for because that's based on human perception of what smells bad or what they're looking for so we're kind of adding to the to the products as we develop these these um electronic noses 
Well, yeah, as you said, it's all relative. You can ingest the smell, but if it smells bad to you, cilantro. Yeah, yeah, that's a complete split. Half half the world loves it, half the world hates it, and the taste, obviously. But that's it's more than just the innate smell in the air, like the chemical. It's then you smell it, you process it, and then just like it's your body's reaction. Your body's too, reaction. Yeah. yeah, you can't program people, a, that into a machine. It's, it's hard. Very nuanced. There are three basic detection techniques using. Um, one is a conductive polymer odor sensor, which is a polypyrrole, um, tin oxide gas sensors, um, or a quartz crystal microbalance sensor. Very advanced technology here. Yes. The last one sounds like like a wristwatch or something. I don't know. But yeah, Mahir talked about this in episode uh, f- fifty-four. No, fifty-three. Fifty-three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 53. <laughs> so as I mentioned above, the e-nose is a very new thing, and I'm curious to see where it goes, and I'd love to get my hands on a, on a sniffer and test it with different things and see just what the rating is, you know? That's like a total high school science experiment, you know? Like, yeah, and maybe very you can uh, set the rating to yourself, like this, that's bad smell. Yeah, also, I'm, I'm uncertain, even looking on the websites, I'm not sure if one is bad or ten is bad. <laughs> so so that would have to be something you'd have to figure out i don't know hmm. that's just a funny thing maybe we'll have to play around with one sometime eventually kids are gonna have like this device built in onto their smartphone and they're gonna be bullying each other saying like you're number six ha 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 you stink oh. well like i, I imagine it always comes back to um that uh google april fool's joke of smell vision yeah 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 that yeah. one day we're just gonna be able to smell like Oh, we're at the movie. 4D movies. It's like, oh, what's that smell? Or, oh, that smells so sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, people want to... We got sound. We got sight. People want to get all in on that that smell game. Because they can make tastes. They can make sounds. We can make visions. But nobody is really good at just making smells. And being able to program them and understand them. But hey, artificial smells, artificial flavors, natural smells, natural flavors. We're all trying to understand and comprehend. Machine versus human. Exactly. The never-ending fight of the 21st century. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week's episode of the Two Top Podcast. I think insightful episode. Very insightful. Uh, You taught me something. You got me thinking about uh, the products I buy and eat. It makes you want to double look. Maybe it's not as bad as you think. But... That's what we have this week for you guys, and we'll see you guys next time on another Two Topics. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and join us next week for another Two Topics.